Recording live from the Lucky Number 7 Lounge in the basement of Dine Drink Travel World Headquarters in the barren wastelands of far west Texas, this is Dine Drink Vegas, the podcast by and for people who are stuck at home but would rather be in the land of neon lights and bad decisions. I'm your host, John, also known as the Baller on a Budget, and here in episode number eight, I'm going to give you my trip report for my July 4th trip. We're going to get a preview of Bill's trip. We'll get you up to date to all the news stories we thought were important about everybody's favorite travel destination, and of course, we're going to talk about our drink of the day. And now it is my pleasure to introduce the founder of Dine Drink Vegas, the leader in the luxury lounge, the king of comps, the high roller of the high plains, the man who is always eagerly waiting for that limo to take him to the resort. It's Bill. Bill, say hi to all the good people. Hi to all the good people. I am really excited right now because I have an actual limo who's going to pick me up and take me to my resort in less than 48 hours. And I can't wait to hear about the resort or resorts, plural, that you're going to be exploring in a couple of weeks. But before we do that, tradition dictates that we have got to talk about the drink of the day. Well, tradition dictates that we've got to start drinking the drink of the day. Uh, we, I'm, I might have had a head start on that. Oh, well done, sir. Yeah. Very good. Right. So what are we drinking, John? So we're doing Old Fashions, which we also did on episode number one, and we will probably do again in the future. But with a twist, instead of a rye or a bourbon, these Old Fashions use a base spirit of Caribbean rum. So, Bill, what rum did you go with? So I went with Florida Kanye seven-year-old rum. I've also got 12, 18, and 25-year-old here in the house because I like a nice rum. But those are things that I tend to just drink neat or maybe rocks. I'm certainly not going to mix it with other cocktail ingredients. So I got the Florida Kanye seven-year-old rum. And here's the story behind that. A long, long time ago, in an entirely different lifetime, you and 300 million other Americans paid for me to spend 11 nights in Nicaragua on a language immersion. My plan was to drink rum at every meal because, in theory, if I drank rum at every meal, it would stop any sort of intestinal parasites. It, it achieved its goal with some you know, minor unpleasant side effects. But yeah, Florida Kanye, the Nicaraguan rum, is fantastic. I went with their seven-year-old version here. Normally, in a regular old passion, I would put in some sugar. I didn't do that because rum is already such a sweet drink. I did put in a little bit of your homemade orange liqueur to sweeten it just a little bit and add some orange notes. Then I went in with some aromatic bitters as well as an orange twist. And I've got to say, I don't know that I enjoy this as much as a regular old-fashioned that I make with bourbon, but this is a really, really nice drink. And given that where we are, it's, what was it today, 108, 109 degrees? Something like that, yeah. It's a nice cooling drink for you know summer in the heat of western Texas. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so, you know, and, and listeners, if you didn't know this, you can literally make an old fashioned with any spirit. I've been known to make a vodka old fashioned just so I can try the flavors that are present in any new bottle of bitters I might have bought. I don't know. And like, I get your point, but I think that at that point it ceases to be an old fashioned. But then again, I use vodka to make martinis. So who am I to judge? Right. And you know, I mean, it all comes down to a matter of preference, but yeah, you can make an old fashioned with anything. It's, it's spirit bitters and a little bit of sweetener and an orange peel. If you feel like it, some people put an entire fruit salad in the bottom of their glass. That's not me, but if that's you, Hey, that's great. No, I mean, mine tastes very much like a refreshing drink for a hot summer day without being a woo girl college drink. Like it's sweet without being cloyingly sweet. I enjoy it very much. I debated whether or not to put in the aromatic bitters, and I'm glad I did. That added a nice just little bit of bite to it to take away some of the edge of that sweetness. Now, how did you wind up making your drink, John? So I used Don Q, and I don't have as big a story on my particular rum. We went on a cruise ship uh, in the summer of 2022. There was a rum bar. I tried all of the rums. It turns out I like this one a lot, and you had it on hand. So... I did that. Uh, I used uh, Angostura uh, aromatic and Angostura orange bitters, and I have a very heavy hand when I pour bitters. I use the tiniest of splashes of an orange liqueur, and then uh, with the orange peel, I flamed mine because I'm fancy like that. 
That, ooh, now do you taste much of a difference from flaming the orange? No, but it looked really cool when I saw somebody do it on YouTube and it didn't look nearly as cool when I did it. So I probably wouldn't do it again. But, yeah, but you my know. wife and kids aren't even here in Dine Drink Travel World headquarters. Therefore, there's nobody to be horrified by you and I setting things aflame. Therefore, I'm not sure what the point even was. Yeah, I think Mrs. Bill would not have liked to have seen me bring in the cigar torch to her kitchen. So it's kind of handy that they're not around. Yeah, but she won't yell at you the same way she would fuss at me. So, you know, you're the one who gets to set things aflame. I've actually got a little bit of a story about the Don Q rum that I would like to share. By all means. So my family and I went to, um, me and my wife, our two boys, and my mom went to Puerto Rico. We stayed in San Juan in 2014. And right across the bay from old downtown, you can see the Bacardi rum factory. So it really is made there. But our tour guide is like, no, no, that's not the real stuff. That's not what anybody here in Puerto Rico actually drinks because it was using sugar cane brought in from somewhere else and all that. What we drink here is Donku, Donku um, in English. But Donku is the local rum. I thought it was fantastic. And it would be my everyday drinking rum if I hadn't already fallen in love with Florida Kanye at that point in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a lovely rum. And at, you know, seven years old. Now, of course, you know, usually with rums, when they say seven years old, most rums, and I'm not sure about the, well, actually, I'm sure with Florida Kanye, and I think with Don Ku as well, they usually do a Solera program, which means that they blend rums to approximate the flavor of seven years of aging, but they don't actually guarantee that every drop in the bottle got at least seven years in the barrel. It's a different aging statement system than, you know, American bourbon producers would use. Uh, but yeah, it's lovely. And the thing I like about an old fashioned, I would say, like I said, you could make an old fashioned with vodka if you felt like it. That's something I only do, like I said, when I want to get to the essence of a bitters because it's it's not the world's greatest old fashioned. I would not advise making an old fashioned with a silver rum or a spiced rum or a flavored rum. Uh, this is definitely for adult rum, rum that has been properly aged in a barrel, uh, just as you would, like you wouldn't want to do an old-fashioned with white lightning or moonshine, you want an aged whiskey. So I've actually got a question for you uh, while we're still on the drink of the day and before we move on to our, the report from your last trip, what is the difference between an aged rum and a spiced rum? Because I haven't had a spiced rum since college. I also don't really drink clear rums anymore. I drink nice aged rums. What is a spiced rum? I, literally what it sounds like. So a rum that's been infused with a collection of spices, usually the same sort of spices that you would put into, say, Angostura bitters, but not at the intensity. So bitters is just a, a high volume, clear spirit that's been infused heavily with a lot of things. I really like spiced rum. I mean, it is it is something that, you know, people are just starting to drink, drink, but I, I like a good spice rum now and then. So, like, when in the fall, I will make my wife a drink where um, I take a nice aged rum, toss it with some orange peel and with some cinnamon sticks for a little while. Not, pardon me, not powdered cinnamon, but some actual cinnamon sticks, and that infuses a nice flavor into it. Yeah, and, but I, I, you know, I'm one of those weirdos. If I drink a rum and Coke, I like a spiced rum rather than a silver rum. And I know you don't tend to go with that sort of highballs. You don't tend to go with liquor and cola. Uh, but I do. Uh, and, and, and I like spiced rum and Coke. It's actually the one healthy choice I ever make in my life. Um, in, in graduate school, like 20-odd years ago now, oh, wow, I'm old. But in graduate school a couple of decades ago, I was trying to cut down on sugar. I gave up um, sugared beverages just about altogether. And that's like the one healthy thing I've ever done. So I try to hang on to that. I will say when it comes to making soda-based uh, highballs, Coke Zero actually works really well with rum and bourbon. And Dr. Pepper Zero and bourbon is delicious. It really is. And, and I do miss my sugared sodas, uh, but I can't have those anymore because, as you mentioned, both of us are getting old and diabetes is a thing, and I'm a little softer around the middle than I'd like to be. Uh, but there are some sugar-free beverages that do make a decent highball if anybody's interested. Excellent. Well, John, on this episode, what we're doing is a report on the trip you just took, as well as a report on the trip that I'm going to take less than 48 hours from now. You went on a trip with your wife, and I guess the big question I have is, 
You went on this trip with your wife. Are you still married at the conclusion of the trip? We are, but uh, you know, viewers of the YouTube channel will notice that other than a couple of shorts, none of my videos have hit yet because they're going to require editing. My wife does not necessarily enjoy seeing her husband get out the phone and go make a tour of the restaurant and that sort of thing. So my videos are going to be cobbled together by shorter clips that I snuck around the edges so she could feel like I was present with her. Uh, and this trip really was about my wife. This was not a travel for the channel trip. Uh, my wife had a very difficult year at work, and her uh, her teaching year ended with a fairly serious injury. And this was about rewarding her. Uh, so we did a lot of you things. You were trying to reward her by traveling somewhere with you, just to be clear. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know... I. I offered she could take a friend. She wanted to go with me. Coolio, it worked out good for me. Uh, she actually likes me. I don't know why, but it works out well yeah, for me. Yeah, none of us do. Cool. So uh, a lot of the travel decisions we made were, were, were for her benefit, but I, we had a good time. And that included a stay in New York, New York. Now, my wife is a huge aficionado of 1990s era sitcoms set in New York. She loves Friends. She loves Mad About You. New York, New York. I'm guessing it's nothing like real New York, but for those of you that really fell in love with Gen X TV New York, it is a fantastic place to go because it really does have that I'm on a set that's supposed to be New York feel. So I've been to Manhattan a couple of times, and no, of course the New York New York in Las Vegas isn't that but when I'm at the New York, New York, Las Vegas, I also tend to be less completely sober than is theoretically optimal. Um, and yeah, I can absolutely get that vibe. So they've renovated their rooms recently. Well, let me... Yeah, they've refreshed their rooms. I'm not going to call it a full tilt renovation. So the rooms up until two years ago uh, definitely had that 90s aesthetic, big oversized furniture, a lot of darker tones. Again, the sort of thing you might see like, you know, on an episode of, I don't know, Caroline in the City. And uh, it was starting to look pretty old. So they've gone in there and they've uh, gotten out the carpet. And I have to say, uh, a hotel room and dormitory carpet is disgusting. And uh, when I'm in a carpeted hotel room, I try, especially in Las Vegas or someplace like New Orleans or on a cruise ship, I try not to think about all of the substances that may or may not have stained that carpet at some point prior to my arrival. That's not going to make you happy. No. no. So, so the carpet's gone, and they've got a laminate uh, hardwood in there now. Uh, they've got a much more fresh and modern feel, wallpaper that looks like bricks, uh, smaller, more sleek furniture that makes the spaces feel better. We were upgraded from a standard king room. You had a video for the standard queen room already on the channel. We got upgraded to a stay well uh, premium king room with a view. Uh, and it really was. It was great. You know, 480 square feet, so not huge by any stretch, but a nice size hotel room. Very comfortable furniture. Our view, uh, we could actually see the M, uh, the MSG sphere a little bit at night. Uh, from our angle, it was a little bit underwhelming, but still very cool. You've just got this giant glowing ball. At one point, I looked out the window and there was a giant eyeball down the road, which was interesting. Um, yeah, they do all kinds of well, displays on there. As there are any number of recreational choices one might make in Vegas, seeing a giant glowing eyeball down the road might not be the best thing. Yeah, I would think for all the people who spend too much time in the dispensaries who are not aware of that thing, walking out and seeing that really might ruin your night. But uh, fortunately, that's not the condition I was in, so it worked out fine. Uh, I do have to say my only gripe about the rooms and why I'm going to say it's a refresh and not a remodel, they didn't do much to the bathrooms. If you've stayed in the in the in there before, the bathrooms were pretty much the same, which is fine. I would have liked to have seen them yank out the tub and put in a walk-in shower. That's my preference. I like hotels that do that. But the uh, you know the bathroom was certainly well built. Um, you know, older tile but still in beautiful condition. Uh, great water pressure in the shower. Very relaxing overall. Uh, we will get that video out when I'm when I'm done editing it. But uh, overall, yeah, great room experience, and I, I really enjoyed my stay. Some meals of note. Hold on, and I apologize. Oh, I want right to ask a question about the New York, New York, because I've stayed there before, right? Hence mm -hmm. the video. But I've talked a lot about two different kinds of trips. I've talked about the super premium luxury trips, and I've talked about the discounted trips, the places in downtown. What kind of trip are you probably having if, or what should, 
when should you stay at the New York, New York, and what kind of trip should you be planning to have? So the the New York, New York, the quality of the room, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a day's in. It is a nice hotel, but it is not a four-star luxury hotel by any stretch. I, I, I kind of think of it as like a really well-run Hampton Inn in a New York City Halloween costume. Uh, so it's very comfortable. It's very clean. It's well-maintained. I would not call it luxurious, but you definitely don't feel like they've cheaped out either. Um, you don't feel like you're at the Roach Motel. So it's a nice middle of the road, and the pricing structure reflects that. I think... Um, you know, if we had been paying full full price, we went on a Tuesday through Thursday. I think booking rates, uh, if you don't have any discounts on hand, which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Pearl member with an MGM credit card and had some other things going on that got me some offers. But I think they were running, I want to say, $49 a night plus the resort fee. So let's call it with taxes and everything. Let's call it $90 a night for a midweek in July on the weekends for that room. If there's nothing crazy going on, you're probably looking at 120 to 150 a night. If there's something going on at T-Mobile Arena, those prices can go up from there. But in the in the economy of Vegas, New York, New York is very affordably priced, and you do get really good value for your money. I would highly recommend it over its neighbor, the Dirty Castle. That's oh, for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Well, talk to us about the places where you went to eat. So the the day we got there, we we just grabbed a sandwich at Greenberg Deli, and uh, then and 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 that you know it's a literally there's a Greenberg Deli in New York, and they specialize in the big over the top sandwiches. Not quite where you know where Harry met Sally, huge. Uh, but a really nice sandwich. My wife and I were able to split one sandwich as a meal between the two of us for lunch. And yeah, it's not a cheap sandwich. I think it was 16 bucks for, uh, you know, it was a big stuffed sandwich with pastrami and uh, coleslaw and turkey. Uh, but 16 bucks to feed two people in, in Vegas? Yeah, great deal. No, that's a uh, phenomenal deal. I don't think I've ever found something like that. Yeah, and the, and the quality of the sandwich really was over the top. Loved it a lot. Then we went over to Nine Fine Irishmen and had a couple of beers because they have Guinness on draft, and that makes me happy. A um, couple other meals of note I want to talk about, and I'm going to save our lunch from day two for last. Two brunches we had. Uh, one was at Cosmo at the Henry. The other was at the Primrose, uh, which is at Park MGM. Uh, we and in both both hotels, the Henry and the Primrose, sort of are their hotel diner per se. New York, New York has two of those. They have America and they have Tom's Urban, or now it's called Tom's Watch Bar, but same difference. Uh, but we decided to get off property uh, at both places. I had your very basic breakfast: toast, egg, sausage, that sort of thing. My wife had avocado toast. I think at both places. I gotta say, between the two, both were excellent. You're looking at about twenty dollars a plate for uh, breakfast or brunch, which on the strip, again, not not terrible prices. And that, that's what things cost there. Yeah, Primrose was good. My wife and I, we've eaten there before. We like it. This time, we ate outside on the patio because it was early enough that it wasn't nine million degrees yet. Beautiful meal, wonderful location, good service. But folks, I gotta tell you, the Henry at at uh, Cosmo. That may be my favorite, just straight up traditional breakfast that I've ever had in New York. the uh, The bread was clearly house made, had a tremendous chew on the crust, but still soft on the inside. The butter, I, I don't know where they get the butter from, but it was an artisanal butter, good jams. They have a, uh, a house made chicken and apple sausage. The eggs were perfect. The hash brown was just, it was creamy and crispy. I got to tell you, if you're looking for a, a good breakfast, breakfast experience on the Strip, the Henry and the Cosmo, hard to beat. You would like it, Bill. Cool. I have just blanked out. What is the name of the the French bistro over in the Aria? Oh, so that would be uh, uh, Bardot Brasserie. Yeah. So do you like this or Bardot better? Well, I mean, the thing about Bardot is you get that brunch on the weekends. I mean, that is really a special brunch. So sure, if I'm there on a Saturday or Sunday and Bardot's running their brunch, yeah, I'm doing Bardot every time. 
Uh, but that's you know that's more of an epic meal. I mean, the French toast at Bordeaux is worth losing a couple of toes over. I don't care if they have to slap me on dialysis on the plane ride home. I will eat that French toast. Can me um, and the other guys in our group slap you on the plane ride home? Is that okay? Yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care at that point because I'm very happy after I eat at Bordeaux. Yeah, Bordeaux is definitely a step up from the Henry, but you can't get that brunch every day. The Henry is there for you 24-7. That is really um, good to know because yeah. sometimes I'm, I'm there in the middle of the strip and i kind of like a little bit of a nicer place to eat breakfast so cool i'm glad i know that now Yeah, and i mean it's a standard breakfast but it was really extremely well executed the space was beautiful i highly recommend that uh, as opposed to uh, one morning we wound up over at la salsa cantina at planet hollywood and i did not even bother to make a video because it made me too sad um don't don't just don't um but let me get to the two highlight meals i think for us on the trip uh one was lunch at um nurse rat or you know salt bay's steakhouse and so everybody has seen the turkish butcher who loves to run the salt down his forearm um they have a deal running for 40 dollars that you get a three course lunch which is a really good deal especially because this is one of the more expensive steakhouses in vegas my and wife that's and i saying something yeah. there are some expensive steakhouses in yes vegas. there are uh, my wife and I each got, uh, my wife got a salad. I got what they call the meat sushi, which is crispy potato and some Wagyu beef. Um, those were both beautiful. They really were. For entrees, my wife ordered the Wagyu burger with caramelized onions. Really nice burger, and it's a five-ounce patty. It was, it was pretty good. I ordered the five-ounce New York strip steak. Now, a five-ounce steak is not very big. I would expect at a fine dining restaurant that you would get a fairly small looking thick cut so that the meat can cook through properly. I wanted medium rare because it's USDA prime meat. So and I was it's like, still salt based. So you would right. expect a high end steak well well done. Or right. well well prepared. Well prepared, thank you. What they did instead is they cut it thin so that it would look bigger on the plate. And and I don't know how else to put this. If you've ever had the steak and eggs at a truck stop You've had this steak. I ordered it medium rare, but the steak was so thin that it came out medium well. In so, fact, the inside cooked so fast, the outside didn't get a proper char. Um, let me make sure I've got this right. They took a more or less 10-ounce New York strip, and they cut it in half long ways, so you had a super thin one? Yeah. That's an offense against everything that's good and holy. It, it was a few It was a few millimeters away from being what Mexican cooks would call a milanese steak. Which, again, you know, if you're making a steak sandwich, okay. Uh, but, yeah, the way they went about cutting that piece of meat, I got to say, was not great. For dessert, we uh, I ordered the baklava. She ordered the Turkish ice cream, and we split. Again, the baklava phenomenal the ice cream was chewy and wouldn't melt if you've ever had one of those cheap ice cream sandwiches from the great value section at walmart yeah that uh so it was a very mixed meal i would say i would go back again but i would be you know any of the appetizers and salads good choice burger good choice stay away from the steaks which at is lunch. weird to me because it's a steakhouse, yeah. so you would think they would be good at their centerpiece protein. And I will say, order your burger medium rare because it's going to come out medium well. Uh, they, they seem to struggle. And again, high-end steakhouse, you think they could manage. Uh, and then if you're doing the dessert, get the baklava. The baklava was glorious. The ice cream was depressing. So not saying I wouldn't go back, but having had that experience... I would be much more selective when I went back. I will say that uh, even though we were there on a Tuesday, it was the 4th of July, Vegas was packed. It looked like a weekend. They're running a $40 lunch special, and everything down there is packed. There were three other tables occupied besides us in a nice big restaurant. I think uh, if you're itching to try Salt Bay, folks, I would recommend getting there sooner than later because based on what I saw, uh, mm. Not, I don't know that they're going to make it. Well, based on what I'm hearing you say, that's just not one of the places that I'm going to try anytime soon. Because, I okay, so a $40 lunch special at an upscale restaurant in Vegas is an exceptionally good deal, but it's not a good deal if they're not good at cooking the, the thing that they're known for, and right. it's a steakhouse. 
who cuts their state? Like my my high school senior, my rising high school senior knows more than that about how to cook a steak. That's just not okay. Honestly, when the best thing on the menu is the burger, there's a lot of other places where I can drop $40 at lunch and get an excellent burger. If you really just want to try the space and you got a thing for celebrity chefs, yeah, I would recommend going. But honestly, um, you know, 40 bucks could have got me through a Gordon Ramsay burger and uh, the ice cream in that sticky toffee pudding shake uh, <clears throat> doesn't taste like it came from Walmart. So, um, yeah, I don't think I would go back. It's one of those things I'm glad I did it. And if I was with people who wanted to go back, I know what to order. So I would go, but I wouldn't just go there because I wanted to. It would it would be a thing where I'm, I'm with a group that just for whatever reason, that's what they want to do. All right. Well, were there any other centerpiece meals on this trip? So the other centerpiece meal that I will say was absolutely worth every dime we spent on it was Super Frico again in the Cosmo. Uh, Super Frico. Frico refers to the uh, crust, and I didn't know this. When you cook cheese on the edge of a pizza in a cast iron pan, that's called Frico when the cheese gets crispy. But it's also a pun because Super Frico is attached to the uh, Opium Theater. Which is a Spiegel World show. If you know anything about Spiegel World, it's definitely Cirque du Soleil for the 18 and up crowd. A little bit of crude humor, a little off the wall antics. The restaurant is fun and funky. The performers come in and out of the dining area between shows, which is neat. Uh, we had a ballerina in, in a mask come through. We had a plague doctor. We had people dressed up in animal suits. Uh, the food there, uh, we had one of the appetizers we got was fried cheese and it was really good, but I mean, it, it's fried cheese. Like, I'm not going to say it, it was earth shattering. The other appetizer we got were, were the meatballs, uh, which they, they cut in sopracetta with the ground meats. Ooh. Maybe the best meatball I have ever tasted in my life. And then my wife and I split the uh, ultimate pepperoni pizza, which is a deep dish pepperoni pizza with uh, jalapenos and some hot honey. Ooh. Truly, truly magnificent. The cocktails. Wait, hold on. Honey on a pizza? Oh, hot honey on pepperoni pizza has been a thing for a minute, Bill. You just don't get enough to a shishi. You don't get to enough shishi pizza joints. This is a thing. Huh. Yeah. Clearly, I need to follow you more around because I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I had it at Pizza Rock. A couple of trips ago when we were all there, you just didn't notice because uh, they had that at the time. Uh, yeah, Super Frico was a lot of fun. And granted, you know, in terms of pizza in Vegas, it's one of the pricier places to go. And they have a lot. They have steak on the menu that you, you can get a fine dining experience there, but not in a fine dining atmosphere. Casual and fun. But the food was excellent. The cocktails were amazing. The performers who came through were friendly and entertaining. I got to say, uh, if anything, my only regret with Super Frico is I wish we had bought tickets and stayed for the show because it really it really whetted my appetite to go back and see Opium. So there will be a return trip for my wife and I to Super Frico. That is outstanding. Did y'all do anything in Vegas besides just eat your way through town? So uh, we did that. Uh, I got to do some gambling. I had $700 of free play. Part of it was credit card points. Part of it was I played the uh, My Vegas apps and uh, ran through $700 in free play, walked out with a few hundred dollars of actual cash. So uh, not too shabby. And then the big highlight um, and what we did after Salt Bay, we went to Night Swim at Caesars Palace on July 4th. Uh, Night Swim is a ton of fun. Uh, there will be a, 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 a channel, a video on the channel, but I had to delete the initial footage because uh, they do Night Swim at the Venus Pool in the Garden of the Gods. Once upon a time, the Venus Pool was, shall we say, European, optional. Uh, as I was doing my walkthrough, there was a guest who forgot that it's no longer that, and I didn't notice till later, so I had to delete that video. And by the time I noticed that, it was uh, it was too late to go back and get another round of footage. So I don't have a complete walkthrough, but we'll put together a video with 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 what I do have. Uh, really beautiful area, good service. Our our waitress, and I wish I could remember her name. Uh, she was the only one on duty. They had a much bigger crowd than they anticipated. And she was running around like crazy, but she didn't let us go thirsty. I don't know how she kept up with the crowds, but she and the cabana host both, uh, they earned every bit of their money that night, I have to say. And we stuck around for fireworks. And folks, the 4th of July fireworks, the view from the pool, uh, 
so good. We uh, we didn't stay in the water for that because I wanted to record the fireworks show. So we uh, stretched out in the lounges by our cabana and just watched the fireworks. They come off the roof of the towers at Caesars, and the sound of the fireworks just echoes between the buildings. So every time the larger ones go off, you it's, it's almost like being at a rock concert, and you can feel the kick drum in your chest. You can feel these fireworks as they go off. The sound waves just fall right down on the guests in the pool area. Really one of the best fireworks watching experiences of my life. Highly recommend it. Well, that'd be awesome because you're just like right there to see him. So imagine that it's not Independence Day, but it's still the heat of the middle of the summer in Vegas. Would you rather go to a night swim or would you rather go to a daytime swim? So I think I'm now a convert to night swim and there's a couple of reasons and, and, and some of it is practical. Uh, you know, when you go in the middle of the day, you know, because at night in, in July in Vegas, the air temperature is still in the upper 90s, right? So it's hot. It's not like it gets down to 70 at night. Um, it's still hot. But with the sun down, it quits baking the pavement. If you've ever made the barefoot run from your chair or cabana to the water when it's 117, Ooh. Oh. that is an oh, unpleasant no. experience. At night, you don't get that. So it's still very much warm enough to be out there swimming, but you can walk around without burning your feet off. Uh, it, it's just it's beautiful the way this space lights up. Uh, and uh, it's also less expensive. So during the day, a cabana at that particular pool, I think, runs well over $400 uh, before taxes and fees. For Night Swim, it was 200 bucks all in. I think $204.17, something like that. Uh, which I'm not saying that's cheap, but you can split a cabana with up to eight people. And, uh, you know, you get a safe, you get a fridge, you get uh, a concierge. Yeah, folks, I highly, 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 highly recommend Night Swim. Well, and that's one of the things that you're really good at is taking these super premium experiences and finding a way to do them for less money. So cool. Good for you. What else happened on your trip? Well, that really was was the most of it. Uh, like I said, a lot of our time was downtime. My wife had a really rough year, so there were a few things that we had planned that we didn't quite get to. We had some earlier nights than normal. It was a lot of resting and relaxation, which was fine. Uh, the one thing I wish we'd gotten to, we had planned to go back to the Dueling Piano Show at the bar at Times Square in New York, New York. It's one of the reasons I love staying at that property. Uh, but after, uh, after Super Freako, my wife was exhausted. Right. And so she turned it in and made an early night. And uh, so that was it for that. Uh, but I, I got to say, I'm looking forward to going back for Labor Day. But before I get to go back, you've got a trip leaving, what, two days? Two days. So we are recording this on Friday, July the 14th. We will drop it live on the podcast services on Sunday, July the 16th. But that means it'll go live right as my plane is arriving. And what I'm doing on this trip, because... I really, I like shiny stuff, right? Like we've talked about this before, but I need to quit spending quite so dang much money. So I tried to find premium hotels where I could go for free. And the first night, what I'm doing is going to the Delano because for reasons that I don't understand, MGM continues to offer me free rooms, which cool, I will take them, but I don't gamble that much on their property. So them giving me free rooms kind of surprises me and... <clears throat> Pardon me. They won't give me free rooms at like the Aria on, on a premium weekend, but the middle of the week there for the Delano, they will. And it's a premium hotel, right? I'm thrilled to death about that. So the first night I'm going to the Delano, the second night I am walking across the, the lobby of the Mandalay Bay and going into the Four Seasons. And I'm saying the Four Seasons based on American Express rewards points. And, y'all, I am so excited about that stay at the Four Seasons. I've already been contacted by the concierge. Um, they've got their own private pool. And I think that's going to be a super cool pool experience. Then the last night, I'm going downtown. Because down my barber is downtown. My barber is in the El Cortez. It is a speakeasy barber shop. I wanted to go see him. And, again, for reasons I don't understand, the Golden Nugget, where I stayed spring break like 16 months ago continues to offer me free rooms in spite of the fact that I didn't gamble that much there. So, all right, thank you, Golden Nugget. I will take your free stuff. I'm going to go to the Golden Nugget for that last night. Um, so yeah, I'm doing my trip around nice hotel experiences that I can get for free. 
And I'm not going to lie, I am really looking forward to staying at the Four Seasons and not paying for it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the differences between the way you and I travel. Uh, I do a pretty good job of getting some pr- some premium stuff at a good price, but I haven't quite figured out how to get the Four Seasons <laughs> comp. So, uh, you know, sometimes when you spend a little bit more on some trips, it, it comes back to you on others, and I think you're uh, you're getting a little karma for some past uh, some past indulgences. So part of it's that, but part of it's also I'm George Clooney from that one movie where he was like the airline super flyer and all that sort of such. I almost never spend a dollar that doesn't give me points or rewards somewhere. Um, I track my spending on American Airlines cards. I put a lot of my monthly spending on an American Express card where I know I've got to pay it off at the end of the month, and that forces some spending discipline. But yeah, they will give you um, their membership rewards points are actually incredibly valuable. I was able to combine some membership rewards points with the fine hotels and resorts credits. And yeah, I mean, the Four Seasons for free, of course that's a place I want to stay. Because why wouldn't it be, right? So I do have a question. Yes, sir. Does your wife listen to the podcast? Uh, I hope so. I, I just want to be there when she hears you compare yourself to George Clooney. Because that's going to make her laugh and laugh and yeah, laugh. She knows how lucky she is. <laughs> To be with a man like me, and I don't know what else she might be expecting in this world. Yeah, okay, all right. Actually, what what horrifies me is that my older child does listen to this podcast sometimes. Son, I'm very sorry when you hear this, um, but if you retain the capacity to be disappointed in me, you haven't paid enough attention well, lately. After hearing you brag and compare yourself to George Clooney, let's talk about your dining plans at a restaurant named for somebody else who is famous for a little bit of bragging as well. So, um, the first two nights I'm eating, I like to do rooftop bars. So, the first two nights I'm eating at the bars on top of the Mandalay Bay, um, as well as the bar on top of the Delano. But the real centerpiece meal of this trip is I'm going to Oscars. The best performing video on our YouTube channel is the review I did at Oscars Labor Day of 2021. But they've remodeled. I want to go back and y'all. Oscars just makes my heart happy. It is beautiful food. Usually, I don't go off the fancy cocktails on a cocktail menu because people add too much sugar to it, and it's not stuff I want to try. Oscar's cocktail menu has stuff that I want to try, but they've recently remodeled the space and added an outdoor patio. Now, to be clear, it's going to be July in Las Vegas. I'm not eating on the outdoor patio. Like I can't imagine what would incentivize me to want to do that, but I can go take a look at it. Um, Wow, I think that that meal may be the highlight dining experience of my summer. Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, Oscars is just, you know, you and I, every time we bring up Oscars, we just can't get over it. Uh, we've both had some amazing meals in Vegas. And, and I'm I'm not even necessarily saying that Oscars is the best steak I've ever had in Vegas. It's the overall package. It is, it is extremely good top five steak, top five cocktail program, top five hospitality, uh, wonderful dining space with that with the lights of uh downtown streaming in and then just the 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 mystique i mean you see all of the newspaper articles and photos on the wall of his honor former mayor Mayor goodman with many of his more famous and infamous clientele who he's uh defended over the years it just screams vegas no it screams old school vegas in all the best ways and I'll actually disagree with you. I think the steak itself may be just about the best steak I've had in Vegas. And it's not like I was paying for some super premium cut of A5 Wagyu. I was not. But I got a rib cap that was exceptionally tender. And the thing which stood out to me is that Oscars actually seasons their steaks. Like I could distinctly taste salt and pepper and garlic. They put some effort into it. And I appreciated the effort. I think my steak there was just phenomenal. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I didn't mean to throw any shade on it. I'm just, um, you know. No, I, I, yeah. no, I get it. No, yeah. I didn't hear any shade. I just like, I think I liked my steak even more than you did on that trip. Yeah, and I really enjoyed mine too. Don't get me wrong. Every bite I had was delicious. It just, Oscars is just everything. If I if I had, if you told me I only had two hours in Vegas, I would want to walk through the plaza, spin a few slots, and eat at Oscars. That would be my two hours in Vegas. I, can you get a cocktail or two while you're there? I better. I hope you will. 
Well, so folks, I will have a lot more details on my trip after I come back. One of the particular things that I'm doing, and this was not free, but I booked the Delano VIP arrival experience because a lot of our viewers have enjoyed seeing that, right? Like, how do you take your trip upscale by making that entry point, you know, super premium? But before, uh, since that's going to be a couple weeks till you hear that podcast, let's start to talk about the Vegas news. And if you don't mind, John, I'll lead with the first story. Sure. So earlier today, um, and this is according to the Associated Press, but what I assume is now former Las Vegas Metro Police Officer Caleb Rogers was convicted of three casino heists totaling $165,000. In the last of those, he used his service revolver. Sentencing has been delayed, or is going to be in October, and I trust that he won't be getting out anytime soon. What I don't understand, how, if you're a cop, do you not get caught till your third time, right? Like, how, how do you get away with doing this three different times before they actually catch you? Like, well, it's an armed robbery of a casino, I would hope he had some professional insight on how not to get caught at least the first couple of times. Yeah, but like that last time, he apparently had his loaded service revolver with him. One of the other things which confuses me a little bit is he wasn't brought up on Nevada charges. He was brought up on U.S. federal charges. And I get it. There are any number of civil rights abuses which are going to happen when a cop takes his gun to rob a casino. So that seems to me like the sort of thing that the state of Nevada would have been perfectly capable of handling. And it may be one that they'll take their bite at the apple after the feds get first pick. I mean, that's that's not all that unusual to see uh, to see whoever the biggest fish in the prosecutorial pond is get the first go so before we go to our next news story by the way i want to give life advice to our viewers and this will be helpful i have been to more prisons than anyone you know when you're going to do some time if it's in the u.s you want to do your time in federal prisons rather than state prisons they are always nicer also i don't know that i don't prefer the mexican prisons that i've been in they are genuinely nicer spaces than u.s prisons I didn't think we were going to Mexican prisons, but okay, that's a good that's a good bit of insight. So if my next cruise to uh, Cozumel goes sideways, I know to ask for the sweet upgrade at the Mexican prison. And y'all, I am not lying. I have been to all of those places. Um, but speaking of prisons and people who should go there, wasn't there some kind of a hostage situation at Caesars? So yeah. So the other day uh, there was an, an incident, and I, there the footage was breaking out online, and you could see that somebody was throwing uh, items from a room out of the window down into the pool area, and it caught my eye because like literally one of the people that was taking pictures i think was at the same cabana i had been in the previous week oh wow based on the angle um so the report coming now and i'm, I'm going to do a little reading forgive me listeners and this one is coming from the independent because the british do such a good job of telling them crazy american news stories that uh matthew mannix 35 had an outstanding warrant in his home state of colorado before he allegedly took a woman hostage at the famous resort Caesars Palace. Uh, the warrant stemmed from Mr. Maddox allegedly threatening his landlord, quote, not to mess with him because he was, quote, a killer and a hunter. So, yeah, this guy went on a, a rage and drug-fueled rampage from Colorado all the way to Nevada just to get arrested after a hostage standoff at Caesars Palace. I have made some poor decisions in Vegas, but thankfully nothing anywhere near that level. So, I'm privy to some of those poor decisions. Should we talk about your poor decisions in Vegas, John? No, we shall not. Let's move on and let's talk about <laughs> one of our favorite properties that uh, is in the middle of a transition. So, we know that the Mirage is due to become the Hard Rock. Originally, they were talking about finishing this by 2025 at the latest, but according to Vital Vegas, uh, they're not going to be done until at least 2027, possibly 2028. Bill, how do you feel about waiting a little bit longer before you get that uh, hotel, uh, that guitar tower view with the... So mostly I feel good because it at least raises some hope that they keep the volcano open a few months longer, but what's taking them so long? Well, apparently the the construction of the guitar tower, they don't want to complete the rebrand until they've done that. That's the signature piece there. And it's going to take a little bit of time to make sure they get that right. And I've got to say, yes, I'm going to miss the volcano. But 
the idea of staying in that guitar shaped tower and looking at that layout you know i think there's going to be some phenomenal views of the las vegas strip from inside that tower i want them to get this right because i have a sneaking feeling this may become my favorite place on the strip so cool but still it seems like they're all of those are issues that they probably could have thought through before now so you know what i'll be curious to see how it goes now are they the existing mirage tower are they going to keep it there? Yes. So the the existing tower and casino will stay. Now there'll be some renovations, I'm sure. Those are all staying. The main theater is staying. There's I've heard both ways on whether or not the Beatles love theater stays. Given that it's a rock and roll themed hotel, I hope they work it out with certain Soleil to keep the Beatles show there. But folks, just in case. Go see that show. It really is. Even if you don't think you like the Beatles, I'm not the biggest Beatles fan. If you're in Vegas and you want to see a show, go see that show because it no, may not be there. No, we lost my brother-in-law at the Beatles show one year. Yeah, I can imagine that. The way your 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 brother-in-law tends to Vegas, that show might have been a sensory onslaught. It is very loud and very colorful and very trippy. And uh, yeah, I can I can see Vegas having its way with him after that experience. All right, fair. So I see that there's something about a new Cuban restaurant going on in at the Flamingo, which is weird to me because I thought that the Flamingo was going away altogether. But what's going on with that whole deal? So the Flamingo at one point I think was on 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 the chopping block to be sold, uh, but Caesars decided not to do that. They're going to keep that in their inventory because they instead sold off the Rio. Uh, so they had a certain number of rooms they wanted to keep in their in their portfolio. Something had to go to get to that magic number. I don't know what the idea was behind that. And so the one getting voted out of the family is the Rio. The Flamingo will stay for now, which I know uh, the TI ownership wanted to possibly jump into that. Uh, and they didn't, so they bought Circus Circus as a consolation prize. Wah, wah. Yeah. Uh, and they are now apparently the ones who are going to be buying uh, Casino Royale, tearing that down and building there. Uh, but yeah, I think even though I was disappointed with Bugsy and Meyer, the steakhouse uh, at the Flamingo, and we've talked about that before because even though my meal was good, and I think I'm the only one of our group that actually legitimately enjoyed my meal, the the dining room we but were in... But the asparagus! In, the yeah, asparagus! Yeah, Sorry, I'm, no. I'm channeling our friend Derek, our, who had some very strong feelings he was, about the asparagus. He was... I'm, I've never seen anybody that triggered by a vegetable since uh, I knew somebody that got offended in an episode of Veggie Tales. Um, yeah, well, bless their hearts. Derek's emotional reaction to the asparagus was quite stunning. But the dining room was open to the walkway at the pool, and um, I don't want to judge anybody, no, you can judge. It's okay. I I do not want to I do not want to eat a hundred dollar steak while watching a a size twenty person in a size two bikini struggle with their flotation device waddling their way to the pool. I don't um, mean to wait, fat shame. Hold on. What the hell do you mean when you say struggle with their flotation device? Uh, there there was a wedgie and there was an inner tube and it it threw me out of the mail. And look, I'm not look. Big people can be beautiful, too. Please do not email and say that I'm trying to, you know, listen and be proud of who you are and all of that and wear the suit that makes you confident. But when I'm paying that much money for the meal, that's not the view I want. I'm just saying. All right. So, you know, one of our seven listeners is going to get offended. We just lost a fan. But it is what it is. Yeah, no, um, I'm I'm okay with that. I am a fat guy. And one of the things I do it to is take consideration of the opinion of others and not make other people see me being a fat guy, particularly not when they're at a hundred or hundred fifty dollar a plate dinner. Yeah. Because that's some weird stuff, man. Listen, same thing. I'm I'm a big boy, like I can't skinny dip. It would be a, a chunky dunk, and you are never gonna see me out there in a speedo or like I'm about maximum coverage. So I'm not trying to throw shade. And, you know, God bless these folks who are proud enough of their physique that they'll flaunt what they got. But when I'm eating a meal like that, that is definitely not what I want to experience. I don't want to see four-year-olds beating each other with pool noodles. I'm trying to have a fine meal. 
I just wish they'd closed that off. I would like the place a lot better. Hopefully, Havana 1957 won't have that problem because I like a good Cuban sandwich. I, I think that'll be phenomenal. And presumably, this place is going to be good at rum, which is our drink of the day. So when you were there on your trip, though, last week, because you were staying on the Las Vegas Strip, did you notice much about the construction that's going on for Formula One? No, so the places that we got to, we did not see much in the way of interruptions of construction. Now, there were signs and cones everywhere, but we were able to get to and from the airport fairly quickly. Uh, we did talk to our Uber driver both ways. They said that it really hadn't gotten that bad that particular week. So apparently it, it's a function of when you're there and which part of the project they're working on. So I've, I've definitely heard some horror stories of roads getting shut down and people being stuck and it taking forever to get places. That was not our experience over our particular trip. But listeners, by the time you get there for your trip or Bill, when you get there in a couple of days, it may be a totally different situation because apparently uh, the construction moves around quite a bit because it's a big project. So one of the reasons that I'm not terrified is that I'm going to get there on a Sunday. So presumably there won't be construction that particular day. And the Delano is sending their own limo, and presumably the Delano will know what the best routes are to and from the Delano. Well, and and it's so close to the airport anyway. And honestly, my wife and I were there over July 4th, so maybe that's part of why we didn't see a whole lot going on. Maybe a lot of the construction crews were off for the extended holiday. I hope so. They deserve it. Uh, But yeah, we did not experience any traffic holdups, but based on the signs of construction, the cones, the blocked off areas that we could see, I could see how on a day when the construction zones are active, it could be a real mess. All right, well, speaking of construction, there's one last construction issue going on in Vegas. So we know that the legislature has approved the, some financing for the uh, the Oakland A's to move to Las Vegas. We know, though, that the Oakland A's are still trying to come up with their billion dollars to go for that. The most recent information is that it's going to go into the site where the Tropicana is now. But the problem is... The nine acres which the Tropicana has given them, we're not sure whether or not there's space to move the roof into. We're also not sure that um, the A's have the money yet. We know that the mayor of Oakland went up to Rob Manfred, the um, commissioner of Major League Baseball at the All-Star Game this week in Seattle, to present to him an alternative plan, to which I'm sure Commissioner Manfred said, yes, yes, Mr. Mayor, we, we will politely consider that. Like Clearly, Manfred wants this to happen. But I'm a little bit surprised that there's still not firmer details on exactly where that stadium is going to go or when it's going to be finished or who's going to pay for all of it. Yeah, and I really hope it does happen because even though the A's have become a really bad baseball team, it turns out most of my life I've been a Texas Rangers fan. And this season in 2011 notwithstanding, most of the time my Rangers have been a very bad baseball team. So I'm not afraid to root for bad baseball. Well, and you could take your wife with you because she's used to disappointment. Yes. I mean, years and years. So I'm hoping this happens because I cannot wait to stay at one of my favorite properties like New York, New York, or Park MGM that's right stinking there and head over for some baseball. Oh, no, that's going to be fantastic when that happens. Well, on that note, we have reached the bottom of the ninth, and it is time for us to bow out. We thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will follow us. Bill, where can they find us online? You can find us at Dine Drink Vegas just about anywhere on Twitter, on Instagram, and you should also look up Dine Drink Vegas on YouTube. And maybe soon we'll pop up on threads if that's still a thing after Zucker and, and Elon Musk get into a fist fight. I don't I've know. started like two threads. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Okay. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, happy travels.